A little boy visiting his grandparents spied grandma's dog in the back garden. This is a story you've probably heard before, but it, it will help me to make my point today. On impulse, he took aim at the bird and stoned it, hit it, and killed it. Maybe he had been learning about David and Goliath at church before. The boy panicked and desperately he tried to hide a duck in the wood pile, only to look up and see his sister, who we shall call Sally today. If you're Sally, please don't take it personal. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Johnny told me he wants to wash the dishes today. <laughs> Leaning over to Johnny, she goes like, isn't that correct, Johnny? Remember the dark? And Johnny, of course, washed the dishes. Later that afternoon, Grandpa asked if the children wanted to go fishing. And Grandma, Grandma's always have work to do, goes like, I am sorry, but I really need help with Sally to help with supper. Sally smiled and said, oh, Mama, Grandma, that's all been taken care of. Johnny wants to do that, don't you, Johnny? Remember the dark. And of course, Johnny stayed behind and didn't go fishing. After several days of uh, doing his chores and those of his sister, Johnny had heard it. So he got up and went and told Grandma what he had done to her duck. I know, Johnny, she said, giving him a hug. I was standing at the window. Is she in the window? Yes, she is. I was standing at the window and saw the whole thing because I love you. I forgave you. I wondered how long you would let Sally treat you that way and make a slave of you. You see, we have been doing life beyond, and we have done life beyond envy. We, in the past weeks, have done life beyond shame, life beyond fear, despair. And last week, we did life beyond bitterness. Today, we shall do, we are talking about life beyond guilt. You see, I personally struggle. I struggle with some things, some mistakes I have made. Some of these mistakes I made in the past and others I keep making. And they come with guilt. It's guilt about what I can change, guilt about what I cannot change, and probably you too. That child you can't bring back or that marriage you can't salvage because of what you didn't or didn't do. You remember that family relationship that is dented, which makes you hate Christmas family gatherings 
because you're going to meet Sister Margaret. <laughs> you're guilty. It's, it's a certain guilt. I mean, Sister Margaret is not amazing, but you're part, you have a part to play, you know? And, and there's a guilt down there. My wife is not here, but I told the first service that she too has a bit of things she's struggling with. And then I found out my daughter and my son, and maybe you too, are struggling with some things around guilt. While I was at that, I realized that not, it's not just us. Even Paul in the Bible, if we look at our Bibles in the book of uh, First Timothy, if you have a, a Bible, please turn to it. Uh, those who were born before computers may have it in a hard copy. Please open it too. Uh, if you have it on a phone or another gadget, open it. But if you don't have any of those three items, then I have it on the screen. First John 1, 12, chapter, chapter 1, verses 12, and we shall carry on down there. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was one, once a blasphemer and persecutor, a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that I in Christ Jesus. And verse 15 and 16 says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves your full acceptance. And I would say deserves your full attention. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul is not referring to you, he's referring to himself. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. My goodness, even Paul was struggling with some things. That's comforting. It's not just me. Some of us are not particularly excited about 2019 because in 2018 we made some decisions and we made some decisions in 2016 and 2015 and we are guilty because we've not even honored them. February 17th to the 18th, it's beginning to look like you're not going to honor the decisions you made even for this year and you're feeling bad. What you need probably is not a new year to make new resolutions. Maybe you need a new you. I feel like I need a new me. This guilt that has carried on might not be the, what I need. I need just something else. I need to wipe my slate and start afresh. It doesn't work to try and purge up things. Guilt. What is guilt? This painful feeling of distress. I, I, I dressed up many definitions to try and come up with something. A painful feeling of distress caused by cautiousness of having committed 
a specified or even an implied offense or crime. You see, Johnny may have murdered that duck, but he's not a murderer. Some things we can't change. What do you do when you can't change what you've done? It's finished. You've done it. And every day you are reminded that you did it. That's what guilt does. It's like a bell that goes off. I lived in the Middle East and you would know something is going to happen at midday. A sound is going to go off. It's prayer time. But this bell of guilt goes off. And bam, and every time you shake. See, I have learned to say that I may have done what they say I have done, but I am not what they say I am. And you can say that about yourself. You may have done what they say, what they accuse you of having done. And it might be true. It doesn't make you what they say you are. And that's the message for me, from you to, for me to you today. Sometimes I feel guilty for something I didn't do. Or sometimes I feel guilty for not having done enough. I heard them. They made, they kind of came to me. They, they came for prayer. I, I should have followed up. And now they committed suicide. I, I should have done something. I should have done more. It's over. You have nothing. It's gone. But the guilt stays with you. I could have done more about my marriage. I could have listened to her oh, before she left. I could have done something, changed things, and now she's gone. It's too late. And what I have left with me is guilt. They told me, but I ignored them. Sometimes I feel guilty for things that were done to me. My goodness, I didn't even author it. But I am feeling terrible. And guess what? Even the person who did it to me is gone. They're dead. And all I want is for them to come and say they, they are sorry, but they can't. What are you going to do now? And it's the problem with guilt. You have all these convoluted things that come up with it. So what we do is we bury. We bury it like Johnny. Next slide, please. We bury it in the pile of wood. And when we bury it in the pile of wood, this is what happens to our head. It has all those sounds and signs and words. Can you try and get them? There's toxic things, there's other things, there's other causes and actuals and wants, and, and, and your head is because you are trying to bury. Do you know what is happening? Sister Sally, she saw you. She saw you, and you know that I have buried the dark, but someone knows my secret. And that's what guilt is. It's a, it's a, it's an, a signal in there. And it keeps with us. And guilt just begs 
a response from you. What are you going to do now? What are you going to do? Are you going to go with uh, the manipulations of Sister Sally? Are you going to let the guilt turn into shame, into condemnation, into even bitterness and anger and frustration? Make you a terrible person. Some of the people we have met at our places of work who are not really amazing to be around, at the core of their problem is guilt. They're not even responsible for why they are what they are, but the response to guilt. It is a monster. It camouflages in many shapes. It brings up all kinds of emotions if you do nothing about it. There are people who I hate to meet. They say things like this. She didn't leave you for making too many mistakes. She left you because you made the same mistake too many times. Have you seen things like this? I want to say, make a disclaimer on behalf of Jesus, that he doesn't say things like this. You see, the problem with repeat mistakes is another thing I struggle with. That for me... That's the hardest part of guilt. It's easier if I did it, and now I have to deal with overcoming the past. Problem is, I'm going to do it again. There are things that I keep doing again. Now what am I going to do? If you're going to do it again. So people like this tell you that if you're going to do it again, then you're worth nothing, she will leave you just reminds me we are humans. Humans will leave you. But Jesus, no. Isn't that good news today? Good news that Jesus will not leave us. The world may leave us. Your boss may quit on you. Your, 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 your spouse may give up. Even your parent may give up because you're repeating the mistake. And this is not to encourage you to keep repeating, but the point is, it's what it is. Sometimes you repeat the mistake. See, the ploy of the enemy is to keep you feeling guilty. If I can keep you in a state of guilt, then I can keep you in a place where you're not at peace with God. And if you're not at peace with God, you don't feel like you have permission. You don't feel like you have access. You don't feel like you have the right to pray and receive. So you get sick and you know that God can heal me, but have stuff. So you, somebody comes to you and you feel the Holy Spirit telling you, lay hands on them. But you can't because you are held back by a guilt. You think, me? No, 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 no not me. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> And, and the thing is, it's a guilt sitting in there. You feel like, I've done it again. I mean, I repented, yes, but I'm doing it again. In fact, I'm in the process of doing it. And so you feel, that's what guilt does. Some other people say things like this. Have you seen that one? When God gives you a new beginning, don't repeat the same mistake. Sounds like a good sermon, pastor, but... What happens when I repeat the same mistake? Does God give up on me then? 
So I, I, I like people who say things like the first one, but the second one where they put God in a mix and give God, give God this character where he's like us humans. Oh, if you repeat it, oh, you will be in a lot of trouble. So now here's the problem. Maybe I am going through what I'm going through because God is punishing me. In my language, is there a Muganda here? I saw a Muganda in this building. Yes, they call God Lisodene. Lisodene is big eye. He's looking as if he's waiting to clobber you down. But our God is a God of another beginning. He's always giving us another beginning. He's not a God who is waiting to destroy us because we did it again. Finally, there's these ones who say things like this. Mistakes happen. That's life. Repeat the same mistake is stupidity. Now I'm guilty, stupid. <laughs> Already I have my guilt and you're calling me stupid. So I just wanted to, to bring out a few things to remind us that in the world we live, we hear things, but let's remember the report of the Lord. That's why you need to attend home groups and, and learn more about Jesus and understand this guy we are in a relationship with. If your man comes to our men's fellowships, we talk about things we struggle with as guys. No women admitted. We talk about our own things. If women had, they would go like, oh my God. And women, probably you too have your things. So we have all these groups. Go to them and learn about this God. Because he's really different from the world, from the way the world presents itself. And sometimes we mix it all up together. Jesus doesn't call us stupid for our repeat mistakes. He receives us. Even at offense number one million, he still receives you. Offense number two million, three hundred and thirty-seven thousand, he still receives you. Do you know why he does receive you? Because he received you already. He did it once and for all. As far as he's concerned, whatever you do, there's a delete button. It's automatic. Am I asking you to go and mess yourself up? No, 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 no. I'm just reminding you of the immense love that is in Jesus. You see, Jesus has forgiven you, but the world, you've seen what the world says. You're stupid. So you don't make mistakes and keep making mistakes. The world will clobber you, but not Jesus. I just want to separate the two. When the world is coming after you, don't accuse God to be the one coming after you. When you make mistakes and you're demoted at work, don't say, God is punishing me. I have had too many people accuse God so falsely for so long. It ends today. It ends today. It's not God responsible, sister. That's how humans behave, but not God. Paul was struggling also. In uh, Romans 7, 18, 19, he says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right but not the ability 
to carry it out. That's a big point. In your own capacity, in your own strength, you can decide all you want, but you have no capacity. And my, my message today is, why don't you draw on one who has the capacity to make you do it? Allow Jesus to do that. Allow Jesus to take this burden that you've been carrying for such a long time. And it begins with going to grandma and saying, look, grandma, I am the murderer. I killed it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do, I keep doing. Even Paul was struggling. This is a present continuous tense. This is a general in God's army. This is a guy who, who speaks to storms, a guy who brings dead bodies back to life. He was present continuous, struggling. So you're not alone. And do not ever let the enemy deceive you that because you did it, you are it. The two different things. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 says, Here is what we read in the beginning. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. You must accept this. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst. Not you, Paul. This is Paul. So I'm trying to say you're not the worst. There's a guy who is the worst. He took the position of worst. Huh? He's already taken that position. So sometimes when you think like what I did is the most terrible thing on earth, remember that Paul is a big one, Paul. But the trustworthy saying is that Jesus even for your situation, has the capacity to clean it away. It's only you to hand it over to him. That's all it takes. That exchange. That exchange. I found this on the internet when I was looking for, there are some acronyms for guilt, and I found this one. Uh, I liked it. It has two definitions of guilt. One is guilt unleashes incredibly limiting thoughts. I thought that's so true. You think I can do this, but it feels like a back pain. You go like and it ah, brings you back. But another definition is God unleashes incredible love today. Today, not tomorrow. There's love for today. There's forgiveness for today. There's help for today. I like that definition of guilt. I found that most people, including us Christians, we see forgiveness of sins as something that God can do. In fact, we believe that God continues to forgive. But we are not convinced It is something that has been completed. We believe that we shall totally be forgiven when we go yonder. 
at the point of death, if at that point we are clean, then for sure the forgiveness has happened. So until now, we are at, uh, buffering at, you know how your phone buffers, 88%? Yeah, he's forgiven me about 88%. And that's what guilt tells you, that it's not 100%. I want to tell you that today, the forgiveness was done. If it is 88%, it is according to your clock. It was done 2,000 years ago, and you're living today. It cannot be buffering. It was done. It's 100%. It's finished. Just upload the program. Just click on the app and allow Jesus to cleanse you from all that you carry today. I saw a table that tries to define guilt uh, and, and shame because what happens is guilt, like we said, is an early warning. Next slide, brother. Guilt is like an early warning system. It's like a, touch, a, 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 a sense of, of, of pain. If you, if you touch a hot surface, the sense of pain tells you hot, right? And you remove so guilt is, in a sense, can be taken to be an early warning system. Something that helps you to recognize that don't go that way. Because if you do not, the way you respond then becomes the most important thing. If you respond by saying, oh, I am done for, then you get into shame, you get into condemnation, you get into bitterness, you get into anger. And then we find a person who is so bitter and so difficult to live around, but the origin was guilt which wasn't responded to positively. That table, I won't go into it, but it kind of begins to address the difference between guilt that's dealt with and that's not dealt with. I thought I would share with you a little bit on this one from the story of Cain. My time is running out now. I've gone. You remember the story of Cain, two sons of Adam and Eve, the very first humans that were born on earth. Cain gave, it was a time to give uh, their offerings to God, and Cain gave horrible offerings, and his brother Abel gave great stuff. And God accepted Abel, and for Cain, he didn't accept him. Because Cain knew why he wasn't being accepted. And God comes to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6, and says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? In a sense, do you detect the heat? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? At this point, guilt was saying to Cain, Alarm's on. Something is wrong. The anger, the downcastness are all messages. They're warnings. And what you're feeling today are probably warnings. Some of you have not even gone the next step. And here was God telling him specifically, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But, he's saying you have two choices. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. And that's what guilt tells us. Choose guilt to be a marvel today, an opportunity. Next time you get guilty, remember it's just an opportunity to fall into the arms of a loving father. 
It says in Hebrews 9.14, How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences? You see, it was the conscience that was seared. I mean, that was destroyed. If you remember Adam and Eve, after they had committed the sin in the garden, God comes to them in Genesis 3.10. You won't have it up there. He says, I heard your voice. God says, where are you? This is the question he asks. Where are you, Adam? He had committed an offense. And Adam responds, I heard your voice in the garden. This is why sometimes people think men are really dumb. The question was saying, where are you, Adam? I heard your voice and I hid myself. You know? He replied, I am afraid because I am naked. Where are you? I am naked. Because guilt begins to give you even the wrong answers. And God says, who told you? You were naked. You know, when I read this question, it just brought me to think, my goodness, in the design of humans, guilt wasn't even there. That's why God is surprised. How, how, how do you know you were naked? Who told you? And then he said, oh, the tree. Did you eat of the tree? Brothers and sisters, God doesn't want you guilty. God wants you free. God wants to receive you. That is your design. That is your make. Don't put petrol in a diesel engine. Don't let guilt live in you because it doesn't exist. That's why it boils. It feels bad because it's the wrong engine. I want to conclude by inviting you to make a different choice. What are you going to do now? What are you going to choose? Today we have an opportunity to choose different. Can we bow our heads and, and pray? And if you're here and you have never known Jesus as Lord, and we're talking about this Jesus who forgives sins and who can help you, and you, you don't know this guy, I want to invite you to take a step and receive him. And if you are here and you're in that category, all heads bowed down and eyes closed, I would like you to repeat after me. It's a simple process. If you say what I say, you can say it under your breath, you can say it all loud, it doesn't matter, this guy is not deaf. Say that, Jesus, I have heard about you today, and I want to receive you. I want to receive this kind of love that these people are talking about. I want to give you my heart. I want to accept you today.